Hi everyone, and welcome back to Dissecting Dexter. <laughs> yes, I'm in jovial mood today. It's my son's fifth birthday, so um, yeah, it's all celebratory moods here in East Yorkshire today. I'm not out in the mobile studio for a change, uh, as it's my son's birthday. I thought I'll work from home today, and, and what they do at his primary school, uh, they let parents go in and, and you can go in and have lunch with with your, your child uh, on their birthday and um, they bring out a little cake and stuff it's all very nice so yeah working from home today and just taking a little break to put voice to iphone and get this podcast started i'll probably be recording over a couple of days give you guys a bit more chance to uh, to send feedback in and we've got a lot of feedback this week as you might expect with what happened this week and uh, of course we'll be addressing the massive great chuffing elephants in the room a little bit later on also lately we've had a bonfire night here in the UK which was fun um, I guess this is probably a pretty much strictly uh, British tradition on November the 5th every year we have fireworks and uh well, so we might call it firework night bonfire night we also call it guy fawkes night it's to uh commemorate when uh, a group of men <laughs> tried to blow up the houses of parliament and the the king of england with it uh, i won't go into the historical details but that's the the long and short of it so uh, since then uh we've <laughs> it's it's a nice excuse every year to light a fire and get some fireworks going uh, we had a few fireworks in the garden this this year. Uh, we were going to go to a big public display, uh, but the weather was looking a little bit dodgy, and the kids were happy just to just to have some fireworks in the back garden, and uh, and we had a lot of fun doing that. So that was that was all good, and uh, we roll out the hot dogs and fried onions and you know junk food and stuff. It was it was great fun. Okay, so enough about my life. Uh, <laughs> let's get back to Dexter, which of course hit the halfway point of season six this week. And, well, quite a bit happened, didn't it? We've got a lot to talk about. Before we get into the episode, a uh, little point about the ratings. As uh, used to be tradition, I kind of veered away from it a little bit this season as... Uh, with talks for a further two seasons with Michael C. Hall, it seemed kind of inconsequential insofar as will they will or won't they get renewed. But Showtime released a brief bulletin just to say that Dexter had its biggest audience since the premiere this week with 1.98 million viewers, which was up 10% against the previous week of 1.8 million, with a total of 2.45 million viewers for the night. Dexter, they say, is currently averaging 5.11 million viewers per week across all platforms, and that includes, obviously, the live airings, but also on-demand, replays and DVR. Uh, and they say it's pacing well ahead of Season 5. So that's never a bad thing to know that the numbers are, are doing well. Right, Season 6, Episode 6. Episode title, Just Let Go. Original air date, 6th of November, 2011, written by Jace Richdale and directed by John Dahl. John Dahl, of course, is a familiar name to us. This is his third episode directing in season six. Jace Richdale, we've not talked about... I say him, I assume it's a he. <laughs> uh, first time writer... Uh, yes, it is a he, who am I kidding? <laughs> first time writer for Dexter. 
he has been working in TV since the 80s on a whole variety of shows looking on IMDb. A lot of them seem to be comedies, the most noteworthy of them being The Simpsons. But there are many obscure shows in there. He's definitely not an obvious candidate for a Dexter writer. However, on the face of this episode, I suspect we're going to be seeing a little bit more of him. And he is credited as a, I think it was co-executive producer this week. So uh, I guess he's, I don't quite know what's happened behind the scenes, whether someone's departed, moved aside or changed roles or whatever. Uh, but they've, they've squeezed this guy in and it'll be interesting to see what, what he brings to the show. And as I say, if this episode's anything to go by, then we might expect some good things. Right, episode review, here we go. That opening scene, following Travis, how close was Dexter there? A few more seconds, and Travis met with Geller. <laughs> Typical but not surprising, they still haven't confirmed whether Geller is real or not. And we're halfway through the season now. They still kept it ambiguous this week. Did you pick up on Travis's sister's comment that Travis is a good artist? Made me think about those paintings we've seen in the disused church. We've seen Geller tinkering with them, but were they actually painted by Travis? Maybe that was another clue. For me... I'm at the point now where I've gone back to favouring that Geller is most definitely not real. And I have a feeling we'll find out that Travis killed him at some point in the last three years. And now Geller manifests as part of Travis's screwed up psyche. But as we got in the feedback last week, if Travis is just a very twisted and troubled individual operating alone, does he become a more sympathetic character? Add in what he did with the girl this week, letting her go. If Geller isn't real, there must be some kind of schizophrenia going on, or something close to it, <laughs> amongst other mental issues. <laughs> and we learned a bit more about what he or they might be up to this week, with the news that Geller had identified seven keys, or steps, to maybe bring about the end of the world, each requiring a human sacrifice, as we've been seeing. We also had a line from Geller referring to himself and Travis as the witnesses. I looked into this a little bit and found that two witnesses are mentioned in the book of Revelation. Chapter 11, verse 3. I will send my two witnesses dressed in sackcloth, and they will proclaim God's message during those 1,260 days. According to Christian sacred text, there will be two prophets who will make their presence known to mankind someday. They come to prepare the world for the second coming of Christ. They will have special gifts that will help them defeat anyone who gets in the way of their mission, although in the end they will be killed. This set me wondering if this accounts for Travis collecting jars of his own blood. If he knows that a violent conclusion awaits him at the hands of Geller. And I, I use that phrase loosely because of course it could be at his own hands, but um, in his mind imagined as Geller, you know what I'm saying. But maybe Travis is collecting blood that paramedics could subsequently use to save his life. Is Travis planning on betraying Geller? The blood could just be for the final tableau itself, but it would obviously identify him. Obviously, the, these theories hang on whether or not Geller is a real person or not. But I did find it interesting that Travis had all this. 
So Dexter, <laughs> he's really pissed off about the Sam shooting. We speculated about who might be the shooter and how clear it was that they were they were taking they were going to great lengths to not leave any clues about who the shooter might be. And we speculated, yeah. And of course it did turn out to be someone from Sam's garage. And what a bastard he turned out to be, eh? <laughs> Sam had taken him in, but he was dis disillusioned at not getting the magical instant results he'd hoped for. Nick had gone back to the gang. Dexter was looking pretty strained about Sam shooting, very emotional. There was a good moment with him talking to Harry, who pointed out what Brother Sam's done for him, showing him there is light within him. Why is it so hard for you to admit you care about Brother Sam? It doesn't make sense. Who is he to me? A fellow traveler? He was a killer at one time. But he found a new path, a path I could never take. It's because he's traveled both roads that he understands the darkness in you. And he sees the light. I wish I did. Maybe things could have been different. What ifs are a waste of time. I've accepted my dark passenger. But there's more to you than that. Brother Sam sees it. And he's helped you see it. That's what he is to you. At the end of last season, Dexter was in a place where he was resigned to his dark passenger. But now he's seen someone who's successfully controlling theirs and it's created confusion in his head. His inner self is questioning whether he can do the same and if he can, what does he have to do to achieve it? Brother Sam there on his deathbed showed him a way by forgiving Nick as he had and it went against everything he held, but Dexter made a very valiant attempt to do it. The deathbed scene was interesting, Dexter very nearly revealing the full extent of his darkness, and I did wonder whether he would. Sam was unfazed and understanding, saying he has to let go of his darkness because it won't let go of him. Dexter talked about following a path in his life, but reaching a fork in the road. One way is the lighter path, following Sam's wishes and forgiving Nick, can I take a detour, he said, suggesting he was planning on forgiving this once and going back to his original path, but thinking about it, philosophically speaking, if he takes one detour, can he ever get back onto the original path? Would he be forever changed by forgiving this once? Do it once, and doing it a second time might be easier. It could have been the start of a redemptive road. But no, they made Nick come across as a completely cold-blooded and self-centred bastard. If they wanted someone to push Dexter's buttons, they did a good job. Nick himself, he obviously let himself be taken in by Sam. Maybe part of him wanted saving. Did he just use him to get a job, though? Make the right noises? Or was he so naive or dim-witted that he thought he could get baptised and within a couple of hours his life would be magically improved as if someone had waved a magic wand? Brother Sam's no Harry Potter. Strange character, but obviously he was positioned as an antagonist to wind up Dexter into killing him after he'd tried so hard to do what Sam asked and forgive him. And he really was going to forgive him, it seemed. Imagine that for Dexter, actually forgiving someone and letting them go, even though they were guilty of sin and fit the code perfectly. What a landmark event that would have been for him. 
Nick looked upset for a moment, but in hindsight, <laughs> probably just upset for himself. And then he realised there was no proper evidence against him, just his word against Dexter. And he laughed in Dexter's face. Oh, big mistake. In that instant, Dexter extinguishes the light that was growing and allows his darkness to get the better of him once again. To be honest, the piece of crap needed taking out, but it was a shame for Dexter to again be so close. There's no light in you. There's no light in me. The look on his face, a realization. The dark passenger has suddenly engulfed him. little brother miss me you wondered when I'd get to the elephants in the room <laughs> well this is it holy crap this was something I did not see coming remember the big spoiler warning I gave last week that I'd seen something online I'd read that someone died but they didn't say specifically who so I thought Sam was the only thing then this <laughs> I nearly leapt out of my chair with excitement when I saw Christian Camargo stood there. <laughs> my first thoughts about this are of wonder, wondering what the show will do with this. Remember those scenes at the end of season one between these two? There was great chemistry between Hall and Camargo, so much scope for them left to explore. Yes sir, the darkness has truly engulfed Dexter to the extent that it seemingly vanquished Harry and replaced him with Brian, a truly dark and evil character, if ever there was one. There was symbolism there with Dexter emerging from the water, having given Nick his own brand of baptism. Dexter said earlier in the season, how you go for a little swim and come out a new man. As he emerged from the water, is he a new man? one utterly taken over by the darkness, having rejected the opportunity to embrace the light, at least over, the, over this Nick thing. Honestly, I don't think this is a permanent fixture. Dexter will soon realise once again that Brian is an unholy evil, and rejection of him is once again his only option. But no doubt Brian will have some thoughts to pass on first. But Dexter's face, as he was drowning Nick, and in those few moments after, great acting from Michael C. Hall once again. You could really see the darkness enveloping him. I, it's no spoiler for the feedback section to say that you guys had a lot to say about this scene. So um, I'll leave any further thoughts or comment to the feedback section. So let's move on elsewhere in the episode. Deborah, she's finding it hard adjusting to a new role, isn't she? And the new dynamic in the office. I felt sorry for her when she went over to chew the fat with Angel and Masuka and how they shut up when she approached, having previously been sharing a bit of a giggle, presumably about Quinn's shenanigans with the Professor. And LaGuerta pushing Deborah. She only had a few seconds in this episode, but um, they've really cut back on her this season, haven't they? I wonder if that's in response to some of the fan backlash against her last year and over the last couple of years. That'd be interesting to know. I enjoyed the Quinn-Batista dynamic again this week. I had to laugh when they were interviewing Professor Porter and Batista showed her that photo. 
Why didn't you tell us about this? Tell you the truth, I'd forgotten about Ma'am, it. You are lying naked in the middle of campus with a dead sheep on your head. That's not the kind of thing that just slips your mind. <laughs> I wonder how many takes it took to film that bit. How David Zayas kept a straight face, I do not know. <laughs> Give the man an Emmy. I love Batista later when he came round to Deb at the house party, giving her a little kiss on the forehead in a kind of... It was a kind of protective brotherly way. I like that. Trouble is, their relationship has to change, really. She's his superior now. They can't have the same relationship that they used to. Not if they're going to be professional. They can still socialise, perhaps, but it could make things awkward at work. If she's to succeed as lieutenant, Deborah has to, has to accept these kinds of things. As she said, they're her subordinates now. And Quinn, <laughs> is he on some kind of self-destruct mission? He got off quite lightly when Deb tore him off a strip. She could have easily suspended him for what he did. I thought she was going to punch him in the face when he said he when she he suggested that she was jealous. Oh, and what about Batista punching him on the nose? Ouch! <laughs> that sound effect was awesome. You could hear the splatter, and he went down like a sack of spuds, didn't he? <laughs> but we maybe got to the heart of the matter as Quinn sat up from the punch. When he said to Deb, did you ever love me? He seemed sincere and I honestly expected her to say yes, but she said nothing. Unless with his behaviour lately, he's feeling, she's feeling, she's kind of forgotten about the, any love that she did feel for him. So does the sadness meter swing Quinn's way now? We see why he's been erratic lately. He's just struggling to get over Deborah. Maybe there's a bit of bruised male ego in there, but mostly he's simply hurting. He did bring us a couple of laughs this week, though, and I have to ask the question whether Quinn has ever been more entertaining as a character. I felt sorry for Deb at the end of the party, though. No, I'm not going to say poor Deb again. But, <laughs> but she was sitting there all forlorn, needing to talk to someone, and she tries to ring Dexter, who, of course, was on the beach and otherwise engaged, and then she picks up the psychiatrist's card. I did wonder last time with this character, this psychiatrist business whether it was going to lead to something more and on the face of it it seemed last week that maybe she was just a foil to lead Deb to getting her own place but obviously she resurfaced this week and with Deb sort of playing with that card in her hands is is something going to occur there is that is something going to develop I don't know I'm not suggesting anything <laughs> just whether it's it's going to lead open up new avenues for the plot I've don't really know what, what that could be at this point. And finally, Mike Anderson. I did enjoy his no-nonsense approach to locating Leo Hernandez. The flamingo thing with the handcuffs. Unorthodox, but got him the result. He seemed to be a by-the-book detective until now, but it now looks like he's not afraid to play a little dirty when he has to. And I like that. The shootout with Hernandez was a bit easy, though. <laughs> the guy came out of his house with a shotgun and just stood there seemingly in full view. It was as easy as shooting fish in a barrel. He might as well have just put the gun to his head. Talk about giving his life up. For a gang leader, he was a bit crap. You're listening to Dissecting Dexter. Is that serious shit? <laughs> so overall, a pretty good episode for the season. 
I expressed some doubts about the quality of the season and the way the show's going last week. And the turn that this episode took at the end there really uh, got me (laughs) very excited for the end of the season. It does feel like the Doomsday Killer storyline because Dexter hasn't been throwing himself into it like he did with the Trinity case. And he didn't really he didn't really have much to do with the Santa Muerta killings last year. And I'm wondering now whether the Doomsday killings are more a storyline now for Miami PD to get busy with, to, to keep busy on. And that it's, it's more the Brother Sam and religion thing that's the main focus for Dexter this season. And I, I don't know, uh, it feels that it seemed in the previews, what am I wanting to say, that the Doomsday Killers were going to be the focus for the season and that through that, Dexter would start to explore religion or some sort of spiritualism. But it seems to have, that doesn't quite seem to have been the case. I must confess that my interest in the Doomsday Killers hasn't been that high. It's it's the it's the stuff with Brother Sam that's interested me more, and obviously now they've got rid of him, and I'm, and I'm disappointed about that. I was hoping he would stick around for a bit longer, but did they ever replace him with something arguably more interesting at the end of the episode? Bloody hell! <laughs> so it's funny how just a few seconds of an episode can elevate it into, I want to say, stellar territory. I, I, I'm not sure whether I want to go that far yet because. You know, it remains to be seen how this Brian return thing is going to play out. But it certainly lifted the season for me. Okay, so that's my thoughts. Let's hear what you guys thought. Listener Feedback. Before I dive into the feedback for this week, and we've got quite a lot of it, not surprisingly, uh, I'll just say that I'm recording this podcast over two days, and uh, this section is recorded uh, the day after I recorded the review section, so if the acoustics sound a bit different, and if I sound a bit nasal again, then I apologise. Yes, I'm back in the mobile studio today, and uh, for some reason I've got a bit got a bit sniffly today. I don't know if I've got another cold coming or whether it's the previous one that's refusing to let go of me, much like the dark passenger. Uh, then, <laughs> well, bear with me. <laughs> right. First email is from our friend Nick Henderson at the Four Player Podcast, who writes, Tonight's episode of Dexter, Just Let Go, represents a much needed jolt to the series. Following last season and throughout this first half of season six, fans have been starting to question the longevity of the show. The season clearly needed something to mix things up and breathe some life back into it, and we finally got that at the end of tonight's episode. Here are my thoughts. I'll skip to the good part. The whole religious theme has finally started to bear fruit now that Brother Sam has passed. The fact that Dexter even considered forgiveness as an option says a lot about how much the character has evolved since season one, and it was touching to see Dexter attempt to carry out Brother Sam's wishes, despite the urges of his dark passenger. 
This inevitably led to what is now one of my favourite scenes in all of Dexter. Being a show about a serial killer, the best moments are always those moments when Dexter lets his passenger get the better of him, and this scene was no exception. Of course, nothing can compare to the bomb that was dropped as Dexter emerged from the water a new man. The baptism symbolism was brilliant, and it seems we have ourselves a twist that will have some major effects on how the remainder of the season, and possibly the show as a whole, will play out. On the return of Brian Moser, this has got to be one of the most exciting developments since the end of season 4. Taking a few notes from the books, it appears that Dexter's dark passenger has finally shown itself. Without giving away the direction that the next episode is going, it's safe to say that the next six episodes will be quite a departure for the series and something that the fans have been yearning for. I can't help but think how brilliant the chemistry was between Dexter and Brian in the season one finale, and it would have been a shame to never revisit that. I can't wait to see what devilish antics the two can get into and to see how different Dexter is without Harry to steer him towards the light. I'll close this with a theory. It seems to me that the villain of this season might actually be Brian. I think this season might boil down to Dexter's struggle to overpower his darkness and return to a righteous path. To put it in other terms, can he overcome Brian and get his father back? I find these questions to be far more compelling than the slightly underwhelming Doomsday Killer's plot thread. P.S. I'm crossing my fingers for a fight to the death between Harry, Brian and Geller. I think he's joking. <laughs> Sorry if that was a bit long-winded, but there are so many things to be said about this episode. But anticipation for Dexter has hit an all-time high. Until next week, cheers. Thanks, Nick. Another very well-written, well-thought-out and eloquent email, sir. Yes, the show is definitely powerful when the dark passenger gets the better of Dexter. The baptism symbolism was great, and I agree... The return of Brian is one of the best things to happen to the show since Rita died. Oh, spoilers for season four there. <laughs> I'm hoping for some very dark times ahead, and it'll hopefully bring back some of the doubters. I also agree that the Doomsday Killer thing hasn't been as exciting as it might have been, or as the season trailers suggested it was going to be. I still think the case is going to span the season though, but I don't know how they're going to stretch it out, unless there's something big about to happen between Travis and Geller. And if, as you predict, the next six episodes will be quite a departure for the series, then I welcome it. If Dex is going to enter uncharted territory, uncharted dark territory, then I'm all for it. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Next email, Barbara in New York writes in again to say, Well, I'm not sure if I really love the show anymore, or simply hang in there out of loyalty. I miss the oh-my-god moments that occurred in seasons one and two, and even the big payoff at the end of last night's episode. It hardly made my eyebrows lift. Perhaps the title of this episode, Just Let Go, was a way of telling the audience to lower its expectations. Ouch. I think I'll just break it down into highlights and lowlights. Highlight. Dexter drowning Nick. This was Dex in full monster mode, lacking caution, full of emotion, out of control. The dark passenger seems to have tossed cautious Harry aside in favour of the meaner Mephistopheles type, his brother Brian. Low light. Mose looking extremely healthy for a dying comatose man who awakens to impart some wisdom to Dex. Really make-up department. Couldn't you have given him a few circles under his eyes? Highlight. Angel punching out a drunken Quinn. Low light. Deb not firing Quinn, or at least suspending him. 
for sleeping with a witness in a very public serial murder case. Highlight, Masuka explaining to his intern how to brush for fingerprints and his off-camera comparison to a certain part of the female anatomy. Very funny. Lowlight, LaGuerta appearing to be a C-word for 15 seconds now. Please. And the biggest lowlight of all is the Doomsday duo. What promised to be exciting and thought-provoking has devolved into Is Geller real or not? And all of it is swept away by Moses' subplot, which ended abruptly, unless he too comes back as a sort of good angel. Sorry for the review, Gareth. I will keep watching Dexter, of course, but I have just let go of my expectations. This is a good thing because the show can only get better from this new point of view, I hope. Thanks for the email, Barbara. Always nice to hear from you, but wow. Yeah, I'm quite surprised you're, you're feeling so strongly now. And I'm surprised to hear that you didn't even raise an eyebrow for Brian's return. I wonder, had you been spoiled and knew it was coming? I personally had no idea at all and <laughs> nearly raised the roof when I saw him. Hopefully where they go next with it will restore some of your faith. But I agree that Quinn got off very lightly. Had LaGuerta still been in charge, I'm sure he'd have faced at least another suspension. He should be thanking Deb for letting him off so easily. Your thoughts on the Doomsday Killers pretty much echo my own. They've become quite underwhelming, having been built up pre-season as something much bigger. I suspect there's still a lot to come with them, though. So I'm not going to write them off. I've just not been as excited as I hoped I would be. And it had seemed very promising. Don't worry about not being as into the season as you'd like, though, Barbara. I've not been mad for it either, but I really felt like this was a major turning point for the show, and I have renewed hopes for a great final half of the season. On to a voicemail now. British caller, Steve Alice. Hi there, Gareth. Steve from the UK. Talking to you from the car. Just like you talk from the camper van. Well, I've just watched episode six of Dexter. I think it's episode six, but we're halfway through now. And these are my thoughts so far. It's been a slow pace, story building up, lots of red herrings being thrown around. People still can't be certain whether Geller is a figment of Travis's imagination or whether he's real. The fact that Travis walked out on Geller and released the whore raises further questions. The writers promised us that Dexter was going back to its roots and clearly by the end of the last episode that's the case. The reintroduction of his brother, the way he killed Nick, and whilst not creating any spoilers, but watching a trailer at the end, wow, certainly I don't think anyone foresaw that twist. The writers always seem to go off at a tangent at least once in the series. Remember last year, the police officer who came in and took Deb's place? We never saw her again. Well, looks like we've got another twist keep up the good work everyone enjoys the podcast clearly because you're getting lots more feedback and roll on episode seven thanks steve 
previous emailer but first time caller recording from your car that's always good to hear <laughs> i must admit though i don't record from a camper van it's it's merely my uh, humble Vauxhall vectra <laughs> but it serves me well and i'm back in there today uh, your voicemail provides a nice sum up of what's going on but you mentioned the tangent and comparing with the officer munzone uh, storyline from last season and that was one of the plot threads that was just left hanging uh, but you question whether Brian is another one. Uh, my own point of view is is much more optimistic. Uh, I personally don't think it will be. I think it will have major ramifications for where the show goes from here. But um, I've got to be optimistic. But thanks for your call. Another email now. Chris in Cincinnati, Ohio writes... First time sending in feedback to a Dexter podcast because this is the first season I'm watching live, so to speak. I watched the first five seasons at home and much like Lost, I enjoy playing at home as it were to see if I can figure out what's going on before they tell us. We've all been wondering for a few episodes now if Geller was real or if he existed in Travis's mind. My pet theory is that Travis is going to be a Norman Bates type character and like Norman and Mrs Bates... Travis and Geller are one of the same, and the reason they're one of the same is that we're going to find out that Travis murdered Geller at some point, just like Norman killed Mrs. Bates, and now it exists only in Travis's sick mind. If we find out the answer to, is Geller real or not, I have a feeling this will be the answer. I'm just starting episode 6 now, and my theory could very well completely unravel by the end of this episode, but that's part of the fun as well. Thank you for the great podcast, Gareth, and keep up the great work. Thanks very much, Chris, you're very kind. I think you might be spot on about Geller. We've talked him to death, haven't we? But that's only because the show's maintained this ambiguity for so long. I'm starting to feel that the eventual reveal's going to be close to what we're predicting. And as such, I predict it'll fall a bit flat, a bit of an anticlimax. But hopefully the Brian stuff will make up for it. This is the Dissecting Dexter podcast. It doesn't matter what I do. Born in blood. Both of us. Next, an email from Mike Lanich from State College, Pennsylvania. During your last podcast, someone emailed in to say they thought that the quality of Dexter has fallen dramatically. I wanted to share with you my thoughts on this and more. Although I respect the opinion of this listener, I wonder if the reason for their feelings stems not from, Lex from Dexter's lack of quality, but from the fact that there are things that have changed the show dramatically in the last couple of years. Let me explain. Rita and the kids were part of Dexter for four mostly great seasons. This dynamic of juggling family life, his dark passenger, and the possibility that he could have both sustained the show dramatically. Dexter grew as a person, felt real feelings and became a father. Although he has Harrison, Rita is gone and Astor and Cody seem virtually non-existent. This sudden lack of a wife and children, except a very small Harrison, has, I think, taken something out of the show that it can't replace. Last season masked this with Lumen. We had Dexter sick with grief over Rita and suddenly Lumen was there. She gave him a case he became intimately involved in to appease his guilt as well as a partner who accepted and loved him for himself. But this season, all of that is gone. Narratively, I wonder if the show is also starting to get a bit stuck. I agree with some people that Dexter's struggle with his full acceptance of the Dark Passenger and his battle to become truly human is waning. He's been on this path each season. 
One second he's fine with who and what he is, the next second he's questioning everything. But it's more than just that. What might seem frustrating to some fans is that at this juncture, we're all just waiting for the obvious. Deb seeing Dexter for who and what he truly is. Until that happens, I feel as though the show is just spinning its wheels a bit. I don't know about you, but doesn't Dexter seem a bit aloof about this current case this season? He's always had distractions around him, but I just don't get the feeling that he's committed to either solving the case with Deb or doing the killing himself. He seemed more interested in Brother Sam and learning from him, learning from someone who isn't the target of his knife. Maybe that's the change. Well, anyway, I don't think the quality has changed so much as the story has changed the show's direction. We never really talked about what Rita and the children's absence would mean for the show and how much the show might actually be better with them. Thanks, Mike. You make a good point there about Dexter not being as into the Doomsday case as he has been. But maybe now Sam's gone, he'll be drawn back to it. Although that said, <laughs> he's got a new distraction now, isn't he? No problem there about the long email. You shed some really great thoughts and... I found it really interesting and it, it helped sort of formulate my own thoughts as well. So, um, nice job. And I think you're right about the show evolving. I think this can work both for and against a show, though. Evolving and developing and exploring new territory, they're all important for a show's longevity. Stagnation is a danger for those that don't evolve, but at the same time, changing too much could turn off a lot of viewers that most enjoyed the early days and the way the show felt and played back then. It comes back to how we're all different, I think, and get different things from TV shows. You can't please all the people all of the time, and the feedback section of this very podcast illustrates just that. <laughs> Speaking of which, here's a voicemail from our old friend Travis, no doubt proud of his namesake for letting that girl go. Hey Gareth, this is Travis, and this week the saga continues. Well, that is to say, the saga continues for Dexter. Brother Sam had to check out this week, and to be honest, I couldn't be happier about it. I know a lot of fans really liked Brother Sam and Dexter together, but I was waiting for him to die this whole time. I've said it before, but Brother Sam to me represented the cliché that people can criticize about the show. He was Dexter's seasoned guest star friend that taught Dexter something about himself, and then he checked out before the season ended and he couldn't he can't come back for next season i guess the difference is he left midway through the season instead of at the end of it but other than that or on top of that there's two real reasons i didn't like brother sam on this series firstly it was the whole light versus darkness metaphor that he kept going on about he even got dexter talking about it to me it just seemed really silly it was uh like a soap opera or a student film i mean we've got Michael C. Hall and most deaf, two, you know, pretty, uh, pretty good actors. Most would agree, and with a straight face, they have to deliver lines to the effect of something like, "Oh, you have no idea how much I want to hurt Nick, brother Sam. There is no light in me. There's only darkness." I mean, doesn't that just sound silly? It's just, I, I think it's kind of funny, I guess, but not in a funny good way. Uh, using the light versus darkness metaphors kind of eliminates the grays that I think viewers really liked about the show and to begin with. It's very polarizing. Uh, and perhaps the worst of, of offense about using this metaphor is that it just comes off as very self-righteous. You know, if, if Dexter's trying to work towards being the light, he even told Travis last week to go towards the light, 
if you think you're the light and you're trying to get rid of the darkness, that just kind of makes you an asshole. Like, you know, oh, what, you know, what do you know what's best? You know, not even Batman likes what he does. I'm okay with Dexter being a serial killer, and this may sound silly, but, you know, Dexter being arrogant, Dexter thinking he's doing the, the right thing and not a monster, uh-uh, I, I can't buy that. You know, it, when I say it out loud, maybe it is stupid for me to say that. I don't know. But, uh, the lastly, regarding Brother Sam, I feel the series set up this false equity between Dexter and Brother Sam. When Dexter sees Brother Sam, he sees himself, essentially, in a way. He sees someone who has this, quote-unquote, darkness, but overcame it. And I feel like Dexter and Brother Sam are not the same. Brother Sam, for all we could tell as viewers, he was a gangbanger. The only reason he ended up in prison was because he accidentally had to kill someone during a robbery. Brother Sam was full of hate and anger and pride, and Dexter has none of those. Dexter's darkness comes from the fact that he's wanted to kill people since he was a very young kid. I don't really believe that Dexter and Brother Sam have a lot of experiential overlap, and I can't tell if the writers really believe that they do, or they just want us to know that Dexter believes that they do. It's hard to tell for me. Okay, but enough about Brother Sam. Everyone's going to be talking about the return of our boy Brian, the ice truck killer, this week. Uh, I always refer to him as Rudy, because that's what we, we called him most of Season 1. But I suppose Dexter's going to be calling him by his real name, Brian, so maybe I should be too. But it was great to see him. Everyone loves uh, Season 1. Most people like it the best, but everyone loves it at least. And it was great to see him return. I know you don't watch the previews for next week, but even those look like some, some more stuff, crazy cool stuff's going to be happening. So it should be all good, right? But, you know me, Gareth. I'm a miserable person. I can never let myself be happy. I can't enjoy anything. When I see Brian return, I just can't help but feel maybe it's just pandering fan service to the highest magnitude. Like, Showtime or the writers know, oh, the fans are really going to dig this. Let's throw it in. And I'm not entirely convinced that it fits the story. Like, does it? I'm not sure. I gotta be convinced. I suppose I should watch. Like, what happened in the scene, what happened was this. Nick is this remorseless killer who killed Dexter's best friend and then is laughing and mocking Dexter about it. And so then Dexter kills him and then he feels guilty and all this grim darkness. Like, oh, I feel, he's brooding. I feel so sad. He feels all that because he was about to let Nick go. Perhaps, you know, this is me being you know, an armchair writer, perhaps maybe the scene would have been better if maybe Nick really did feel sorry about it and then Dexter had had to decide whether to kill him or not and then killed him anyway. I mean, that truly would be Dexter giving into the, the darkness. I, I feel like the way that they took the scene, it was just like a a cheap, safe imitation of conflict and progress with none of the dramatic risk. Like... Nothing's really changed, but Dexter seems to believe it. I mean, shouldn't shouldn't Brian really have showed up last year when Dexter killed that innocent person in the bathroom after Rita's death instead of this year when Dexter killed that very guilty person in the ocean after his new boyfriend's death? Yeah, I don't know. I just can't be happy about anything. I'm hoping I'm, hoping I'm wrong and everything turns out great, but... 
anyway, I'm really excited to hear what other people have to say, certainly about Geller. You know, jury's still out if he's real or not. A lot. I know some of your listeners seem to think he is real. I, I do not. And I'll tell you the truth. I'm going to be floored if they try to tell us that he's been real this whole time. Thanks, Travis. Thought-provoking voicemail as always. But good riddance to Brother Sam. Are you serious? <laughs> well, as always, <laughs> we're all entitled to our opinion. Uh, personally, I enjoy Brother Sam. But, you know, you raise a point there, and yes, they could have brought in a multi-season guest. Although, I don't know, to be fair, I don't think they ever know in advance if they'll get renewed. Which brings a creative dilemma. An issue, really, of how they write the character, not knowing if they have one season for the arc or longer. You mentioned some lines uttered by Sam and Dexter calling them silly, like in the deathbed scene. I can see where you're coming from, but I think we've seen before that when Dexter's in dark mode, he can come out with these sorts of things, slightly profound and arguably a bit cheesy, cheesy lines, so I can't say it bothered me personally. And you criticised Dexter for telling Travis to go towards the light. I think we can forgive him for that. He's preaching something there, yes, but it's something he knows little or nothing about. He's learning about this stuff for the first time at the moment, so he's very naive about it in many ways. He's having to be told obvious stuff. He's been resigned to being stuck with his dark passenger. There was a touch of arrogance, maybe, about what he said to Travis, but I think he was talking about something he knows little about, just from what Sam had told him. He has a vague idea now, but not enough to guide anyone else. He just showed inexperience in the subject, I think. Hey, just my opinion again. <laughs> you mentioned the apparent clear-cut distinction between light and dark, and what about shades of grey? You're right, characters in between are the most interesting, and I suspect Dexter will end up there, but at the same time, why can't someone beat their darkness, as Sam seemed to have done? He's not saying it's gone, he's just in control of it. Ultimately, why can't Dexter achieve the same? It would be the end of the show, perhaps, but for the character, wouldn't it be a satisfying place for him to end up in? But you raise a good point about the portrayed similarity between Dexter and Sam. Sam was indeed a killer, but like you said, he didn't do it to satisfy a dark need to take a life, a hunger, rather because he was a gangbanger. He had the capability to kill, but didn't have the innate need to kill that Dexter does. However, that said, there was still a darkness in Sam, and although he didn't appreciate the extent of Dexter's darkness, the horrific truth, although he knew bits, Sam applied what he'd learned to Dexter. There's no reason why the same principle of letting in the light shouldn't be applicable or valid for Dexter too. And just as you start to talk about Brian and sounding positive, you had to come out with your big butt. <laughs> if you'll pardon the expression. You accuse the writers of fan service. They just can't win, can they? <laughs> I don't know if fans had actually been asking for Brian to return. I'd not heard anything. But Scott Buck, or was it Sarah Colleton, one of the producers, uh, they said this week that they always wanted to find a way of bringing Brian back somehow and were just waiting for the right opportunity. I suppose you could argue that if they were going to do that, that they'd leave it till nearer the eventual end of the series. I like your suggestion, though, that they could have had Nick express genuine remorse, but then Dexter killed him anyway. 
that would have definitely been darker. As it was, I could understand him snapping and killing him when Nick had been so cold-blooded and remorseless about it. But you're right, <laughs> it wasn't the darkest scenario they could have come up with, was it? Maybe it was because they still wanted us to sympathise or empathise with Dexter. <laughs> Sorry, Travis, I know I pull your leg a bit, but it's only because I love you. <laughs> so with that, let's move on to someone who does actually like the show. Email from Christopher New. I've got one word. Wow. I must confess, I was getting a bit impatient with the pace of the season. I wanted them to get on with Geller, finding out and wanting Dexter to find out just what is going on there. A little bored, to be honest, but after watching episode 6, I'm hooked right back in. Brian Moser? Wow. My theory is that with all the talk of forgiveness, letting it go and allowing the light to overcome the darkness, Dexter's dark passenger has had enough. Harry has been too fatherly, too kind and caring and willing to hold Dexter's hand through this spiritual endeavour of late. So, Dexter's psyche is fighting back with a stronger presence. Enter Brian. Move over, Mr. Nice Guy Harry. Dexter will be guided by someone who will let the suppressed dark passenger come out to play, and just in time too, to make this season into something really surprising and exciting. Thanks, Christopher. I agree with you. I agree that Brian is going to replace Harry as Dexter's vision, and will be a manifestation of a different part of Dexter's psyche. The dark passenger itself. But I think it will just lead to more conflict. I don't think in the instant he killed Nick that Dexter reverted to his season one self, but I do think it'll lead to more internal conflicts. <laughs> Imagine the scene. Hey, who's this nice girl, Biney? Kill the bitch! But she hasn't done anything. Seriously, Dexter, have you seen her nail varnish? Chop her legs off! But she doesn't fit the code and she just rescued a kitten from a tree. Really, Dexter, you can't be a killer and a hero. It doesn't work that way. You're listening to Dissecting Dexter. Email your feedback to dissectingdexter at gmail.com. Blood. Sometimes it sets my teeth on edge. Anthony James from the Scuttercast emails in to say, Just wanted to write and let you know how much I'm loving the podcast after seeing it crop up on the Rogue 2 feed and giving it a whirl. In fact, I've rushed through seasons four and five just to catch up with this current season so I could listen to your podcasts as soon as they go live. I've just finished watching Just Let Go and I really feel that this episode is a turning point for this season. From the beginning we've watched Dexter become more human and seeming to be able to live more comfortably with, if not in total control of, his dark passenger. This season seemed to be showing the same. Dexter's interest in religion and his interest in Brother Sam's redemption seeming to be taking him further down this route. He took a real interest in Sam's ability to turn to religion and control his own personal darkness. It looked as though Dexter was going to take a big step away from his own dark passenger and maybe follow Brother Sam's route into redemption, into the light. Right up until that final scene from this week's episode, I'd assumed that Dexter was going to travel further down the path of becoming human by struggling to, but eventually succeeded in passing on Brother Sam's forgiveness to Nick. Oh, how wrong was I? Dexter described Sam's forgiveness message as a fork in the road for Nick. Nick had a choice of which way to go, the light path or the dark one, but I can't help feeling that this metaphorical fork in the road was also a choice for Dexter, a step down the light path or the dark, 
and he went the dark route. This came as a surprise to me. Sometimes we forget what a monster he really is. The redemption route this season seemed to be taking has been totally turned on its head, and I can't wait to see how dark Dexter will become. Will he self-destruct, or will he manage to get control of his darkness? Only time will tell. I personally think that this season is going to show Dexter spiralling away from the humanity he has learnt along his path since season one, and I think it's going to act as a reminder of the darkness that lies within Dexter, and I only hope he, goes, he does get back onto the right road, but not straight away. A little bit of dark Dexter is fun to watch. Thanks, Ant. I'm flattered that you rushed through seasons four and five just to listen live as we go through season six. And you mentioned the Rogue Two feed. I, I guess it would be nice to give a little shout out again to the Rogue Two podcast feed. That's roguetwo.com, where you can find an assortment of different podcasts. And in response to Ant's comments, you mentioned the fork in the road for Nick. That's true. And there was, of course, also a fork for Dexter. And yes, they both went down the darker path. Dexter really had seemed to be on this road to redemption, at least starting to explore new positive avenues. But yes, it's been turned on its head, it seems. For anyone not buying into all this, remember Dexter is still a troubled individually, individual, sorry, mentally damaged. And he does still have that ability to turn into a monster from time to time when pushed. He doesn't always react or respond to things in the same way that most of us do. He is susceptible to being influenced by the dark passenger. Not least that he still has to kill every now and then. He's never got away from that. And he's a total novice when it comes to things spiritual or religious. So maybe we can excuse him when he gets it wrong or sounds like a preacher. But Ant, I think your prediction there is probably right that Dexter for a time is going to struggle and maybe spiral away a bit from the humanity before getting back on the right path again. Hey guys, Josh here. Just watched the latest episode of Dexter and it was really good for the turning point of the season. First thing I want to start off saying is kind of take back what I said about Geller. I think he's probably in Travis's head. Reason I, I mean, I thought when I found out he was a real person, I thought, uh, okay, he's a real person. But honestly, I think Travis might have gotten, you know, been a student of Geller's and, you know, learned, got close to him, got close to his Doomsday Prediction stuff, his little book, saw it, and started doing it himself. And I think Geller the kind of a dark passenger. So I was probably wrong about that. So I think. Soon he'll just get rid of his dark side, but I don't know where the story's going to go after that. That's, um, I mean, like I said before, Travis is supposed to be big bad this season, but nothing really that bad about him. So, I mean, I don't know, it seems like Dexter might become the big bad, big bad this season. So, okay, I'm on the, um, Geller is Travis's dark passenger, passenger, um, wagon now. That's what sort of I believe. Anyways, um, I wanted to comment really quickly on Mike Anderson. Pretty badass. Um, <laughs> flamingoing. It's a Chicago thing. It's pretty funny. He's a pretty good character on the show. I like him. Um, and Quinn needs a better role on the show. I don't like where they're going. <clears throat> I don't like where they're going with him. Showing up at the party drunk. <sighs> and I wish they would just give him some decency. All right, um, I'll get to Sam. 
and Dexter. I, I really wish Sam hadn't died this early in the season. I really like Sam. And, um, honestly, he could have changed Dexter. I think if, um, the kid, uh, Ricky was his name, I don't know, the guy that killed Sam, if he would have been such a dick about it, I think Dexter would have just let him live, but he, he, he deserved to die. He, he just, he didn't deserve to live. Like Dexter said, he has no light in him. But Dexter definitely has some in him. But now, see, he's going over to the dark side with uh, Brian appearing. I mean, when, I, when they said they'd be going back to the season one route, I didn't think they'd be bringing back Brian, but uh, it's a good thing. I liked him in this first season, so I'm glad to have him back. It's turning out to be a really good season now. Dexter kind of regressing, as it were. So it should be a good, should be a good, uh, I, I just, I honestly, I just don't know where Travis is going. I don't know where his character is going. It's a mystery now. He's a good guy. Oh, anyways, I don't know, I'm kind of out of, I, <laughs> can't wait to see the next episode. Thanks, Gareth. Thanks, Josh. Good to hear from you again. So, you ask where they're going with Travis. <laughs> He's certainly conflicted complex letting the girl go wow well if geller is in his head and he's doing this on his own essentially then why did travis let her go quinn you don't like where they're going with him as i say i'm quite enjoying this entertaining more entertaining quinn of late and uh well he did show a bit of a sensitive side towards the end didn't he where he asked deb if if she ever loved him and he mentioned Nick. If he hadn't been a dick, what <laughs> what would Dexter have done? He was he was going to forgive him, I think, wasn't he? Let him go. And where would Dexter be in the next episode? I don't think he'd have Brian facing him down, that's for sure. Right, we go on to an email from Dave Esposito in Philadelphia. I think Geller is not real. He's the same thing as Harry. He was Travis's mentor, then he died. Now he's Travis's conscience, but a distorted version. But Travis is nuts and thinks he's real and he feels guilty about killing people, so he imagines that Geller actually did it. It's like Sybil's split personality. And this is weird because my friend had an idea for a new killer and I sent it to Jeremy. And he read it on his podcast. My friend said, what if there was a killer that was crazy with a split personality and he didn't realise he was killing people, so Dexter would have to decide whether he deserved to die or not. And maybe it would tie into the whole letting go thing with Brother Sam. That would be crazy if readers got it from my friend because I think he means if writers, sorry I'll read that bit again, that would be crazy if the writers got it from my friend because that podcast episode was right before season 5 aired. You said you were 60-40 about Geller not being real. I think I'm like 55-45 leaning on the side that he's not real. Also, how would you rank the seasons of Dexter? This is how I would do it on a scale of 1 to 5 and in order from best to worst. I always rate and rank everything. I'm going to predict this one is going to be on a par with season 5. Season 1, at the top, 5 out of 5. Followed by season 4, also 5 out of 5. Then season 2, 4.5 out of 5. Followed by season 5, 4 out of 5. And lastly, season 3, 3.5 out of 5. Thanks, Dave. Travis does seem to be in a place where he's displacing the responsibility of killing onto Geller, 
who I think most of us agree, if not all of us agree, that Geller probably isn't real. Although, I did speak to a friend yesterday, and it hadn't occurred to them that Geller might not be real, but had an, oh yeah, moment, as I explained. But if Travis does have some kind of personality disorder, and he's just a, a very deranged and disturbed man with whom a criminal psychologist would have a bloody field day, but as Reitergal suggested last week, does this make Travis more sympathetic a character? Although that said, this does perhaps play into the shades of grey thing that our caller Travis was asking for. Funny you ask me about ranking the seasons, Dave. I tried to do this last year on the podcast and then gave it up as a bad job, but having finished rewatching season one since then, and being well into the season two rewatch, I have to say season one is by far the best for me. I would struggle to come up with anything negative to say about it. But after that, it would be a toss-up between season two or four, followed by five then three. So very similar, if not the same as your own list. Maybe at the end of this season we can have a listener poll to see what you guys all think. Mike in Pittsburgh emails to say, I've been a listener of yours from the very beginning and only regret that I haven't emailed you sooner to express my thanks for all your hard work on the Dissecting Dexter podcast. Your insight always adds to my viewing experience and I've made your podcast part of my weekly Dexter ritual. I've left you a five-star review on iTunes so that other people might also benefit from your, from your insight. Here are a few of my thoughts from this week's episode. What a great episode. Although I'll miss the departure of Brother Sam from the series, I thought Mose did a great job. I love the character journey that Dexter is now thrust into. I was truly on edge watching Dexter on the beach with Nick as he passed on Sam's words of forgiveness. Is it wrong to say that I was rooting for Dexter to give in to his dark passenger as Nick was mocking him? Rudy's re-emergence was a huge surprise and it looks like Dexter will need to take several steps backwards in order to move forward into understanding who he is. I can't wait to see where the writers take us. It looks like Rudy, not Harry, will be acting as Dexter's guide on the side. It looks like Dexter's kill of the week is going to be a certainty over the next few weeks. Great work, Gareth, and thanks for all the time and effort you put into the podcast. Thanks for the comments about the podcast, Mike. You're very kind. I agree with you about Brother Sam. I'm going to miss him too, and I think a lot of credit has to go to Mose for his great performance. He had a real presence, didn't he? No, it's not wrong for you to have wanted Dexter to kill Nick. As he stood there laughing in Dexter's face, you could see the rage boiling up inside him, couldn't you? And I was getting angry too. But the trouble was, we all knew what it would mean for the character. It really was that proverbial fork in the road. And the return of Brian is something for us all to be excited about. And if it means a kill of the week returning more regularly, I don't mind. It might bring back some of the doubters who miss the old formula. Sandy in Seattle emails in to say, I've been listening to the podcast, but nursing school hasn't left me much time to write. And sometimes I don't even get the episode watched until after you record. But I may sneak in on time this week. Just watch Let It Go. I'm a tad lukewarm on this season so far, although that being said, I still look forward to it every week. It's getting more interesting now. I like the theory about Geller being dead and now just a figment of Travis's imagination. It still holds up. As for Quinn, he's more than just being his old playboy self. He's trying to get back at Deb and was obviously very hurt by her leaving him. I like the struggles Deb's having with the new job. Miss Suka is as funny as always and his new assistant that thinks Dex is a rock star is a nice touch. Some details bug me like everyone else, but I can forgive Dexter for being a bit cheesy and unrealistic at times because I watch the show more like a comic book on screen. 
The religion stuff has bugged me a bit, though. A little too obvious and forced. Especially all the interactions with Brother Sam. Likeable though he was. I don't know. We'll see. The beginnings of seasons often start slow and then wow me later. Plus, I just came off the high of an amazing season of Breaking Bad. It's hard to compare. At this point, I'm thinking Dexter should be wrapped up soon. They seem to be running out of original ideas, and at this point, I'm ready to see how Dexter's journey ends, and my main concern is how Deb plays into it. That's got to be the big finale, right? Her finding out. I'm just ready to move in that direction. Love Dexter, though I may. Hopefully, whatever deal Michael C. Hall works out with Showtime, it's for just one more season, not two. That should be sufficient. Ricky Gervais has it right. He knows how to make his point and end a show before it's worn out its welcome. Except for the American The Office, perhaps. Thanks, Andy. Yes, Ricky Gervais certainly tends to opt for a less is more approach. The original UK Office was only two seasons and a Christmas special. The US version, well, we can't really blame him for it going on and on. I think the network will have control there. US TV does work differently to British TV. And yes, Deb finding out still has to be the end game. Whether it happens before the very last episode, though, will be interesting. You mentioned Breaking Bad there, and while it did indeed have a superb season finale, it did have some slower episodes in the first half of the season, like Dexter usually does. Like you, I'm also ready for them to start to move towards the end game. Two more seasons could be a season too long, but maybe creatively they feel that they need that long to tell the remainder of the story. Who knows what conversations and deals are going on in the background. It would be nice, though, if they were doing a lost and setting an end date that they can work towards. Thanks, Andy. Next, a tweet from Goliath Growl on Twitter, who contacts me with this. Well, I thought that the Moe's dying scene would have been more moving if they had waited further in the season for him to die. I felt like it wasn't earned by the viewer knowing the character more, so the fruit was not as ripe as it could have been. Speaking of rotten fruit, I think that the writers have dragged out the is he, isn't, is he or is he not dead with the Edward James Olmos character for way too long. The rope is starting to heavily fray with tension and it's getting to the point where I will have little reaction either way. Secondly, I feel that when Dexter speaks, I listen. And all the officers sound like Charlie Brown's teacher because frankly I'm not interested in their love spats and office politics. Lastly, and without spoiling, the rest of this season looks like the cinema. They're afraid of ratings or out, running out of new ideas, so it's just sequels and remakes. I want a great new memory rather than reminding me of the times when I loved the show. To sum up, I'm not disillusioned, but far from thrilled. <laughs> Love the podcast. Thanks for that. I agree the Izzy Isn't He mystery has become stale and needs revealing already. And I love your analogy with Charlie Brown's teacher, blah, blah, blahing. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And in some ways, I kind of agree with you. Unless they have a direct connection with what Dexter's doing. It's long been a general criticism of the show that I've read and heard elsewhere that the supporting characters are fairly inconsequential, apart from Deb. Compared to a show like The Wire, <laughs> I know it's a bit unfair when The Wire is widely regarded as one of the best TV shows of all time, if not the best. But on The Wire, they had a lot of characters. A lot. And while we did get to see some of their relationships and little goings-on, they all had a role to play in the central storyline or theme. They all meant something. Like the great Lester Freeman said in the show, All the pieces matter. Look up The Wire, All the pieces matter on YouTube to see the scene I'm quoting. 
great stuff. But while this is a digression, my point is there are shows that do not waste anyone, not in the creative sense of the word, but Dexter has certainly been guilty of neglecting its supporting characters sometimes and turning them into mere filler. Look no further than the Tyson-Batista-LaGuerta relationship. How much time was wasted on that? Hello, Gareth. This is Kim from Las Vegas again. And uh, I certainly had no problem with you uh, having to edit my message if I uh, had some spoilers in there. Sorry about that. Um, what I want to say about this recent episode, though, is, um, of course, the end of the episode was pretty much a holy shit, what the hell's happening moment. And I started thinking about it a little bit, and I can't be sure of it until maybe next episode that um, now that Harry was telling uh, Dexter in the hospital to just let it go, like Brother Sam said, then it seems like he did let go of his dad in that particular dark passenger. However, all of a sudden, now that he's kind of tossed that aside, I think his brother's going to be coming in control to uh, make sure his dark side just gets much darker. But I could be I could be completely wrong, and Harry could show up next episode. I don't know. That's just me trying to make a theory. All right, talk to you later. Nice to hear from you, Kim. You mentioned the episode title, Just Let Go, and you had a, a slightly different interpretation of the line. Letting go of Harry, letting go of the light, allowing the darkness to rush back in. I like that. Email now from Matt Battles in London, who emailed to say, First of all, it's looking more and more likely that Geller is another Harry slash dark passenger representation. In the six episodes we've had so far, he hasn't interacted with a single person other than Travis. He makes him do all the heavy lifting, even the fun stuff like dark dismemberment, and never seems to do anything. Not to mention that Travis is a talented artist. Most people with multiple personality disorder tend to be that way. I really enjoyed Quinn this episode. It's a different version of him to what we've seen before. He's really been knocked off kilter. I hope they sort this out soon. I'd like to see at least one happy couple on the show. Apart from Rita's death, the sudden and alarming return of Brian... I already guessed he was coming back anyway from tidbits around the internet. This was probably one of the most disturbing things ever to feature on the show. Dexter has been standing on a precipice between the light and the dark for quite some time. The knowledge that his untethered and unharried brother is now his moral compass demonstrates he might be about to fall into the dark abyss. Scary stuff. The one thing to come out of this, though, is that I've decided to stop looking around for spoilers. I would really have liked a genuine surprise this time. Thanks, Matt. Sorry you looked at spoilers, mate. Uh, <laughs> that's always the risk, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if Quinn and Deb will get back together. I can't see it. She really can't now. She's lieutenant, can she? And with her reaction to Quinn's question this week, I don't think the feelings are there. And you had a nice turn of phrase there describing Dexter, maybe about to fall into the dark abyss. That he may, but I did always feel that for the character to reach a positive conclusion, he has to ultimately reject his dark passenger, and maybe that's what they're heading towards with the return of Brian. Maybe with this manifestation of his passenger, Dexter can see just how abhorrent and evil it is. That said, Brian could be so powerful and persuasive that Dexter just embraces it even more. Dexter's feelings for Deb, and especially Harrison, might be his only hope. Remember Harry's saying the children are his salvation. Have truer words ever been said? OK, guys, thanks very much for all your feedback this week. Loads to go through, and I hope you've uh, sort of stuck with me through this episode. We're ticking along again nicely over the hour. <laughs> if you want to email him, 
And you're all very welcome. The email address is dissectingdexter at gmail.com. Or you can phone in on one of the listener lines in the US. It's 646-222-6122. Or in the UK, the number is 0844-579-6949. And you enter mailbox ID 08320 when the voice prompts you. That's only on the UK line, that bit. There's also Twitter, it's at Dissect Dexter, or my personal Twitter, which is at Gareth underscore UK. Next time on Dissecting Dexter. The next episode title is Nebraska. Now, as always, this is a spoiler-free preview, so I've not seen any of the preview trailers for next week, so this is purely my own speculation, so don't worry about getting spoiled here. So, Nebraska. (laughs) Are they going on a road trip? Is there a lead in the Doomsday case that takes them there, like it did to Tallahassee? Is it a reference to something Brian has to tell Dexter about? Either way, I think the episode title is pretty insignificant when compared to what the immediate future holds for our Dexter. I'm not sure he's actually fallen into the abyss, but he's certainly standing close, as symbolised by Brian's return, albeit in what looks like the new Harry position, at least for the time being. (laughs) I imagine Brian will have a field day, tearing Dexter a new one, lambasting him for even entertaining the notion that he could find the light and suppress his dark passenger long term. Heaven forbid! (laughs) Or Brian forbid! What will he have to say about Dexter having got him married and starting a family? What will he predict for Harrison? I think some great scenes are ahead between Michael C. Hall and Christian Camargo, if season one was anything to go by. As for the Doomsday Killer, or Killers, Travis let that girl go, didn't he? She's going to be in the police station this week, isn't she? They'll be baffled that she was let go. Maybe she'll report a young man's voice, while the police have been looking for Geller, a much older man. Dexter will no doubt hear of this and think his little visit to Travis made quite an impact. Maybe he'll think Travis isn't without hope of redemption. It feeds into one or two of your theories that Dexter might be faced with a quandary of letting Travis live. I'm still not sure what him collecting all those jars of his own blood was about, though. However, it's nice for the show to puzzle us. I was also intrigued by Deb at the end of the episode, sitting alone in a new place, needing to talk to someone but unable to get through to Dexter. She picked up Dr Rossi's card. I don't know where that's leading. I'm really hoping that some dark times are heading our way, as I'm sure you guys are too. The show needs to pick up, and with Brian coming back, I feel optimistic. So my friends, we come to the end of another podcast and with my lunchtime running over time, I need to get back in. So I'll bring this to a close. Thanks as always for listening. Thanks for your support and all your fantastic emails and voicemails. I really do love going through them. You guys really have a handle on this show. Join me again next week and we'll dissect some more Dexter together, shall we? Go on, why not? (laughs) Until then, take care everyone. I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.
This dynamic of juggling family life, his dark passenger, and the possibility that he could have both sustained and the possibility that both could have sustained the shows dramatically. And the possibility that he could and the possibility that he could have sustained both the sh Ah, got it. <laughs> and the possibility that he could have both sustained the shows dramatically. <laughs> and the possibility that he could have both sustained the show dramatically. And sometimes I don't even get the episode watched until after you record. <coughs> <coughs> Oh! <laughs>